Hey everybody, my name is Josh. And I'm Adam. And this is the time we started an anime podcast. Wait, we did. Yes, we're on episode seventeen, now, man. Sorry, I'm Psycho's Attack on Titan episode, guys. Uh, we're all ready for this, right? You no. guys finally gave me my Attack on Titan? No. no Dude, Attack I'm on not Titan. even caught up yet. I have to go back and rewatch a lot of it. I have to actually start it. I've uh, watched two killing my soul. What was this episode again? It's supposed to be Ruby Ice Kingdom, seven episode seven and eight. Oh, it's not Attack on Titan references. We're fine. We got this. All right, close enough. All right, we'll, um, ju- we'll just wing it. <laughs> hey, uh, so, ooh, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, yes. Now, at the time of this recording, um, we're actually recording this a little bit ahead of time because. Um, the previous episode will be, be from for our coverage of the, um, the, of the anime convention. car show. The Be My Secret uh, Gearhead Society uh, Cars and Enemy. So, yep. yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. But, um, yeah, oh. so at the time of this recording, um, Adam here um, has a confession to make. I don't know if he made that... Uh, a couple of episodes before, but um, what in the heck did you get yourself into, my friend? Apparently, heck I you came do. the dragon. Wait, you did what? I now? was an eyewitness to this. No, I, I, I saw it all happen. I, I, I started playing D anD D because we both of us follow join the party. I thought this might be fun. Uh, I asked our co-host standings like. You play in D and Could you ask your DM or whatnot um, if the next time, the next campaign you start, uh, could I join? And then he's like, "Why don't you just? I'll ask my DM. Jump in the middle of campaign. Okay, cool. Sounds good. I end up two sessions in. He's riding a dragon. Yeah, I start off. I my name. My character's name is Kevin. Really? He is a halfling. I was originally going to go with a half elf, but Danny decided or convinced me. Oh, hey, do you know that halflings can can hide behind the uh, a bigger character? And since it's a rogue, it just made sense. And also, like halflings, uh, if you get a nat one, you can re-roll. No, um, do you have to really carry a? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so Danny, if you don't mind, you were I when I is what was the actual plan that we had? In, in, real, in real, real quick, do you have to carry a step stool around since you're that short? I'm three foot. Honestly, five. he's so short that my character doesn't <laughs> notice him half the time. Uh, His stealth is so high, and my character is so high that he doesn't notice him. Yeah, high in more ways than one. Hey, hey, hey! We we don't get into that here. Gotcha. Yeah, my character maybe started in a drug cartel, but we don't get into that here. Okay, no. good point. Anime, right? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, wow, we went way off topic, didn't we? No, yes, we did. The show. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Ruby Ice Queendom episode seven and eight. Wow, that was pretty good. 
It was, yeah. It was. We had to do a little rewatch because it's been a while. So, yeah. But... Yes, it has. We got off the Ruby train and now it's back, back to the fairy tale. Now we're chasing the train again. We're like, come back, come back. Yep. <laughs> back to the fairy tale. Is speaking back of to the show. Speaking of Sending train. Your grim. Speaking of train, I really do like that design of that train. It, it is a really good train. Yep. It is. But it's so dang wide. I it, think it's it's not white, it's frosted. No, wide. Oh, like, wide. Wide, like in... Did you notice there was double tracks? Pretty much. No, I mean, there was two tracks while it was going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, like it, that, that's how But it was only it was. taking one of the tracks up. Yeah, so it basically... Well, no, it was taking all of the was all it? of the tracks yes. i just thought it was just rolling on one track and the other track was going the other way you know how most no no it takes up but that, that's how white it is oh but well, you're right, it is covering it, it is carrying dust yeah yeah it's kind of heavy ain't it and very explosive that too um so, <laughs> so uh we basically if i remember correctly um, in the last episode that we covered, uh, Ruby, they formulated a plan to uh, a few plans. A few, a few plans, plans they uh, formulated. Yeah, and so, so we, one of those plans was they wanted to change the dream. Uh huh. They wanted to. Bring, they wanted to bring in John Ark yeah. because he was immune to because he in previous episodes he was fall, fell victim to, to the, the nightmare. Agreement. Uh, Grim, and then so it's like, oh, he might be immune to it. This might be a secret weapon that we could use. And the third plan was they wanted to try and break through to Weiss and get, get her, her to kind of realize what was going on. Right. Yeah. All three, the professor did say, yes, are possible, but there were give and takes for each one. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should have wrote, wrote a. Uh, uh, Maybe they should have rolled an investigation or a perception check. <laughs> okay, uh, we're in well, anime, we're not game. Yeah. Okay. Fine, fine, fine. Pull it back. When we start the D&D podcast, Hold we on. can do all the jokes. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> right. No, Hold I've on. got the dice. I don't know if y'all heard that. Uh, That's a 12. I got a 6. A 12. Yeah, he rolled two <laughs> dice. Uh, okay, the... <clears throat> anyway. Well, yeah, anyways. I got an 18. Damn. Okay. 18 to hit? Yep, I'm uh, good. 18 plus 7, so 23? No, 25 to hit. Okay, that's a D12, man. Yeah, I know. I'm giving it back to you. Oh, you got an 11. Oh, no. Okay, anyway. Yeah, so, uh, putting quick story. Josh, we'll, tr- we'll teach you one of these days. Okay. Yeah, I know. Just from listening to Join the Party, it, I'm wanting to Anything can it, so. and will happen, just like in... With uh, Ruby Ice Queendom. Dude, I had a great idea. A Ruby D&D style. Oh, God. Anyway. (laughs) Okay, so let's get back to episode seven, guys. Yes. Yes. Okay, so. Our party arrives in the dream. Well, yes. Everyone shows up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're missing one person. Jean. Arc. Yeah. Well, they had to pull him out of the snow. Well, yeah, but he was grabbing at uh, Ruby's leg. Yes. Yeah, Ruby's leg. Yep. <laughs> Which is funny. Mm. Um, so, they 
figure out how many coins they have. Which they members. each have three because there's 12 members. Or, um, sorry, they four. each have three because there's four members. Mm-hmm. There was a total of 12 coins. Yeah. I was getting there. And, <laughs> and so they uh, figure out how much they have. Um, and they start to... I think they were just about ready to discuss or just finished discussing what they were going to do. Well, and first, they let's, hear the let's actually uh, discuss on what what Jean looks like in this dream. I mean, pretty much you, he looks like he looks like outside of his dream, but there's mm-hmm. two s- different things about him. Oh, yeah. He's, well, he's very different from how we saw him in the dream before. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because it was his dream and not Weiss's dream, but... We're oh no! I was talking about we saw him in the silly jail. Oh yeah, right. okay, yeah, yeah. So right. the, when he shows up here, he's not wearing a heavy cloak and carrying a sword much bigger than he can handle. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Right. With this one, he does show up with a heavy cloak and a larger sword. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, he still has a smaller one too. That well, turns he into has a his normal sword with yeah. the shield that he is more proficient with. Which actually does come. Yeah, if I remember correctly, that's not on him yet. Yeah, it is. He has to yeah. get that. No, it's actually no, on him. It's on there when he enters. Yeah, it's on yeah. his side. Yeah, because remember they had because uh, he tried to use the sword and to when he jumped. You're right. And then it, you're right. And then it pierced the. Uh, the yeah, hull of the big the, one. Uh, of the train. The smaller one, the smaller sword that turns into a shield. Um, after they, well, the sheath turns and can turn into the shield. The sheath, yeah, sorry, the sheath turns into shield. Um, but he uses that later. Well, yeah, which comes in handy. Yes. So, but the fight scene though was pretty good for the train. I like how um, they have that aerial shot, and the train's going. You got uh, the white thing, the dream white thing. Just charging the train. You got the robots just shooting off. Uh, and then, yeah. of course, you have uh, like a notification from uh, what we now know is Doc Klein. The flame is the Doc is Doc Klein. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, Once so we they, actually figure out all seven butlers, and it's been deduced that the flame is Doc Klein. Yeah. So the. Uh, Got it. So they basically uh, cleared the train. Um, they're still on it. They're going. Um, they get past the point where it stopped normally stopped. Time. Yeah. And um, now they're heading towards uh, the city, yep. I guess. And so why is you see her come in? And it seems like every time she walks into that room, you see the, the floating gloves, take off her jacket. Um, take off the hat. Take, take off, off the, the hat. The gla- you got oh. the little robot dog carrying the book. The book ends up, which is yeah. sneezy. Which is sneezy. Um, and so then, um, yes, silence, silence, iPhone. Um, anyway, so let's just say you got this big old wall coming up. And they're not uh, a very spiky wall. Yeah, big, huge wall. And so they're thinking, well, surely Weiss would, you know, allow them to go through. And I guess it took almost it took all four of them to actually because it's well, like 
Well, no, Blake was the one I think because all four of them. Once like, come she out saw wise, Blake come fight the White Fang, then she's like, "Oh, she's white fighting the White Fang." Eventually, yeah. like it, they came very close to that yeah, door right when, not yeah, opening. Yeah, and right when the Blake said "Wise, please" or something, um, that's when she's like, "Open it." So, <laughs> which I really like how that wall opens up. Oh, it yeah, almost looks how- like a puzzle. Like how the wall opens up in each building as the mm-hmm. train yeah, enters goes the slide past buildings, and then they get to a point where there's another wall. But now it starts to go up, so the track keeps building itself. Well, that's actually once they get into the more, more inner into the ring, city, then yeah. it starts to actually once and they get to the wall, it starts up, to do that. It curve and everything else, um, and then they finally get to the oh, they actually do pass at one point. Um, a bunch of the workers, which are pretty just much just staring, are almost yeah. Well, okay, they have mouths, they have nose, but they don't have eyes. They're yeah. almost like a blank face. Maybe that's because Weiss really sees worker the workers as just yeah, not really anybody. But I mean, some concept mm-hmm. of what workers are, but not necessarily like. Yeah, actual people. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and and then uh, later on they go through more. I think the inner part of that city, and then you see all the shadow uh, people. Yeah, kind of run, and then you know everything kind of splits, allows the train to go through, and then they finally get to the end where the station's at, and they have a bunch of the uh, uh, robots. Well, like yeah, did you robots. notice the in that that more inner side or that inner courtyard in which the train station comes up looks like the tents and <laughs> and the vendors from the uh, Vital Festival? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it does look like the tents and stuff from. I realize that one at all? Yeah, mm-hmm. it looked when you rewatch. It's like that kind of reminds me how the vendors and all the tents and stuff were set up uh, uh, in. At Beacon or Vale is Vale, right? I think it's at Vale. Yeah, uh, the Vale for the Vital Festival. It's Beacon, but Beacon is in Vale. Yeah, so yeah, but it's in the it's in the town of Vale. So yeah, so it it sort of looked like like how the the tents and all the vendors were set up for at the for the Vital Festival. Mm -hmm. Which is weird, since the Vital Festival doesn't happen until Volume Three. Well, they start set. They actually feature a little talking about a little bit of the Vital Festival, and oh wait, no, they don't actually really talk more about it until like in Volume Two. I mean, the actual festival itself with the fighting is oh, Volume yeah, Three, but in Volume Two, they yeah. do mention uh, so getting ready in the ball and stuff for in Volume Two. That might be a continuity thing because yeah. Where this takes place between but, Volume 1 and Volume 2, well, volume, it wouldn't make sense that she would know the setups for it. Well, Volume 1 actually does have them going and talking about the festival itself. Mm. But the festival wasn't being set up yet. We didn't see any parts of the festival until Volume 3, Part 1. Oh, yeah, that's right. I could have sworn the, uh, the, the dance scene that the... Uh, the, they do with the Team Juniper was in Volume 2. That is in Volume 2, but the dance scene is the uh, Beacon Dance. Oh, that's okay. Not so that's not... Because I remember for if you... If any of you guys get a chance, another spoiler alert. 
um, either read or listen after the fall, which has to do with Team Coffee. And Team Coffee actually is is working with uh, is supposed to work with Team Juniper and Team Ruby to set up that whole uh, ball and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But because they went on a secret mission, um, they weren't, they weren't help, able yeah. to do it. Or they had a little bit of part of it, then they had to go on a secret mission and then pretty much hand it off to Juniper and uh, Ruby. Yeah. Um, yep. So we're at um, so we're at the station. Mm-hmm. Um, our four heroes uh, jump from the train off Onto the side. the top of the bu- one of the buildings. Um, the robots were... Uh, Praising, um, there was only one robot. No, there's a crap load. No, like, at this no, point, it whole, was just one. No, no, no. The whole when they showed up, there was a crap load of uh robots there, and they're all saying, um, Big Nicholas, oh, okay. Big Nicholas, yeah. So they got off the train before, uh, I'm, I'm assuming right before they got to the, to the station, but, um, <clears throat> Or at least before uh, Weiss can see them because she was looking at monitors and stuff um, in her little office. But um, they... um, So now they were kind of hatching another part of the plan where uh, John goes to where the tents are. Right. And um, that's where we meet Bashful. No. Klein? No. No, it's uh, Silly, or it would be Dopey Klein. Oh, Dopey uh, Klein. That's right. Dopey Klein. This would be the second time because in the first time we realized, like, oh, it's the Silly Jail. We get that yeah. beautiful, like, spine-tingling uh, rendition from Piranico's uh, Mira mm-hmm. Mira. And so, you know, <laughs> um, Dopey Klein... Um, <clears throat> Is obviously very dopey. Um, it was like, well, you know, it, John's like, well, I need to get in, and he goes, oh, no, you're um, uh, you're silly. You should be in jail. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to get it back in. And it's funny how like, yeah, but you're a dummy. You just called me that, or whatever. Are you a dummy? Yeah, I know, or something. Yeah. But finally, um, he gets to let in, but he uses the sheep. Uh, yeah, he uh, shield, opens up the sheath up. to the shield so that it sort of so that uh, dopey the dopey Klein door can't close back, and then they ent- like uh, they enter and he, you see Ren, uh, Nora, and Pira, yeah. and then you also see like the inside of the silly gel has all this food, candied apples, yeah. like well, all this kind of stuff. Like, Don't forget, the- Ren, Nora, and Pierre also give John back his, like, winter clothes, too, that we saw him originally wearing. Oh, yeah, yeah. To, uh, because he was, dark. like, because uh, he was getting an allergy, he was, his nose was stuffy up, his eyes were watering, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and, yeah, they give him back the gloves and the hat and stuff, yeah. And, and that has to do with the fact that uh, he... Oh, what did they say? Because they said he would be kind of allergic when he went back in. Yeah, he would have yeah. some kind of allergy getting closer and closer to the nightmare. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, 
What else we got? We also get the the we get little Weisses. Uh, well, we get to sit before the Weisses. We have the same tangled up uh, statue that's also holding the yellow relic. Oh, yes, oh yes, yeah. Yellow relic. And yeah. John grabs that. And for some reason, before he grabs it, if you notice, the arrows are all pointing down and they're mm-hmm. saying, stop. Yeah. The second he grabs it and pulls it out of that sign, they all point up. They all change to go. Yeah. Oh, that's and yeah. The next thing you see is all of what we can only assume is Weiss's childhood hopes and dreams. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think that's... Rampant. Yeah, because I think what they were saying was like, oh, they're not in jail because they were bad. They were in jail. They were in this silly jail because Weiss sort of wants to keep... These are all those that her childhood and her friends or them, which they, which she finds precious inside of this jail, so they don't they don't get hurt or she wants mm-hmm. to keep that bit of herself uh, protected. I think. Yeah, that's right. That was a lot of it uh, from what Ren was saying, where why he thought Juniper was being locked up and Ruby and Yang were locked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because they uh, because uh, <laughs> Weiss actually does have a special place in even if she she doesn't really show it on the outside, she does have a yeah, special place inside, in yeah. of the people that she cares about and in her heart or in her mind, and like that's within the dream state, she keeps them in jail to keep them protected. I think is mm-hmm. what they were saying they weren't she wasn't trying to keep them from escaping they're just trying to keep them safe and locked away and stuff i think um so well then we get the little weisses oh yeah the little weisses all running now yeah we also Mm -hmm. have ruby meeting back up with jean right and talking Team Juniper in the Dream, convincing Ren and Nora to be freedom fighters. Oh, yeah. That was funny. And, and all Dream Ren and Nora want to do is fight for freedom. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's all they, they're either mowing or that's all they can say. Yeah. They finally actually start speaking a little bit well, too. That's all they can say, but yeah. even like Pira doesn't even really speak at all. No, she doesn't. She's there, but she doesn't speak per se. Um, let me pause this from there. It's just the robots versus the little Weisses. It's kind of adorable how every time the Weisses attack a robot or a Jacques statue, yeah, they all start dealing with Weisses' inner childhood emotions and wishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because essentially, I think the reason why of all the people. That they they wor- worship per se would be Big Nicholas. Well, Big Nicholas is technically the founding, kind of the founding member of yeah, this new right. family. Jacques just was married, married into it. He he mm-hmm. honestly is like if if I think throughout all of Ruby and within this. Weiss technically is living up to the Schnee family name if she's thinking she's living up to 
big uh to Nicholas Snee of him like being this explorer and and going out and getting the dust and building this company he was really an explorer he was really a hunt uh hunt he was a hunter right so uh, yeah, that I, hasn't been explored on i don't think but he yeah. but him carving the path to making this new family name the way it is like the or originally intended technically both Weiss and Winter are living up to the Snee family name. Yeah, that, that I mean they're carving their own, each one of them had had is carving their own path. So yeah, mm. I I don't think that like I don't think Jacques is in the right to try to like smash or keep um, Weiss down no. at all. Like he's like, oh, you have to live up to the Snee family name. Well. His views of the Snee family name and her views of the Snee family name are completely different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so now let's just say all hell break loose. Um, we'll save that for you guys to watch yourselves. Oh, yeah. Um, but let's cut over to. Uh, let's jump on to. Ruby, uh, well, Blake. we have the epic fight. Like, yeah. And then, then, like, where. Volume oh, wait, eight Ruby starts does. off basically where volumes or sorry, not volume eight, episode eight pretty much brings back of like the last like few minutes of what happened in the previous yeah. episode. So we can pretty much mainly be in the Titan Weisses. Yes. Yeah. That is those things were huge. But yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. no. One hundred percent. But it you also had Titan. was it you also had Weiss the Nega, neg, yes. negative wise, make the uh, oh, turn the uh, Jacques statue into the suit of armor. Yeah, yes. And he took on the uh, appearance of the Grim that Weiss had to fight to uh, leave the Shnee Manor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, <clears throat> the uh, so the three. Uh, came up with the plan to get her inside. Um, I would just say yeah, the cause, castle because uh, Ruby actually got inside of it. Yeah. Used one of the coins to open the door to get uh, both rest, uh, Blake, Blake and, and uh, uh, Yang Yang in. Mm-hmm. You also have like um, negative wise fighting and sort of like taking the giant. Uh, Weiss is popping them, making them a little smaller, and putting each one mm-hmm. of the people back into jail. And then did she do something with the was it Jacques or Nicholas, the statue one, the one that? Uh, and real quickly, uh, when the little Weisses got out and about uh, during the whole ordeal, whenever they had touched something, they all well, yeah, wanted the well, yeah, they're happy. Anyways, so the Nicholas statue. The, the smaller one, the black one, right? Yeah, yeah. the um, that turned into that turned the, the into big, the suit the of armor one, the suit of armor one, um, and then I want to really quickly jump back. How quickly did Grumpy Grumpy Klein get defeated? Oh God, like, that was pretty like quick, pretty like, quick. Yeah, that was like yeah. a snap of the fingers. Like, oh, he's down. But yeah. you gotta remember, the children Weiss are still Weiss in her dream. So they are as strong as she is, hypothetically. True, true, true. But then you have, after uh, Negative Weiss defeats all of the 
sillies, gets him back into jail, including John, Pira, Ren, Nora, and then you have John use one of the coins to open up the door to take him back to the train because the sword that he, that big sword is what's keeping the nightmare grim at bay. Yeah. That's true. Um and then you'll have Ruby go into the manor and then use another mm-hmm. coin to get Blake and Weiss into yeah. the manor. And so uh Ruby uses the relic to uh finish opening Everything to get through. Well, um, she used the relic to to un- unfurl the snake, which I yeah. think in previous episodes, or I don't remember if I did it in previous episodes or offhand. Did you guys notice that where that snake is from? Oh yeah, you did mention this during uh, the episode or before. It's from the manor, right? Yeah, it's actually it. I first saw its appearance in volume four. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that whole. Uh, Snake is actually uh, in one of the rooms of the manor that Weiss, when she was taken back to Atlas, walks by to go see her father. So now we get to where the Grim is, mm-hmm. we think. Um, if I'm not mistaken, okay, I don't want to spoil it too much because we still have a couple more episodes of these to cover. But uh, <clears throat> so they start to fight. Uh, the uh, Grim, but then uh, Weiss shows up. You also notice, I think uh, you'll notice um, Ruby has a little bit of uh, that thing in yes, her palm of the get, nightmare. I think the first time yes. she went through that, she got uh, touched by she one of the thorns. The yeah, then now you actually see where she got touched or got cut. You actually yeah. will see a little bit of the kind of tattoo-looking thing on the palm of her hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she ends up uh, losing the relic. Uh, while well, the Blake relic is were... broken. Yeah, Weiss well, pretty, yeah. Negative Weiss pretty much breaks it. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about Ruby's track record with these relics so far? Yeah, just They're not carrying like... a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so then uh, actually, two relics get broken yeah, in this episode. You get the white one. You get the yellow one, which I think the color of the, each of the relics represent uh, the team Ruby. Yeah. So you have the red sense. one. You have the yellow one. Weiss pretty one. much breaks the uh, white one. And the yellow one. Well, right. she broke the yellow one too. Well, yeah, that's what yeah. I was saying. Um. So she ends up, Weiss ends up making uh, Yang disappear, and then Blake, I guess, tried to cut through the little uh, portal thing that Weiss had, but she ends up getting pulled through. I think um, I think this is a part in which uh, Blake and the first fight that did, is this the one that Blake and Negative Weiss actually fight for the first time? Then. Yeah, well, I, I don't think they actually so. fought. Yeah, they briefly fight. Blake, uh, Blake was mostly trying to harm the, um, trying to harm the uh, Grim. Grim. They but, were actually kind of. They were a little bit successful on actually a little bit doing some damage to but it. But Weiss ultimately made those two disappear, and then uh, she and Ruby fought just a little bit. 
Um, and Ruby ends up well, going disappearing. To this, well, yeah, but I, ends up kind of outside. She the ends up castle. being. She ends up somehow uh, at the tr- in the train in the car train car with. Uh, no, not in the train car. Where no, no, I know no. there's a part in which no towards the end. That was when he was. That's when she was with uh, John. Because remember, she ended up outside the castle again, and then or where she had gone in, and then Yang and Blake ended up outside of the whole, like not all the way at the beginning with um um bashful climb. Yes, the house with the bashful climb with the where the fondness belong, where in in Weiss's mind where the The fondness belong. Um, but yeah, no. So Ruby was kind of figuring out, okay, where, where am I at? And then John comes, hey, you know, touch her on the shoulder and um, tells her what's going on. That's when they ended up in the train. Okay, yeah, yeah. And John explains about the sword being, uh, keeping the... Now, this is what's interesting. <laughs> Ruby realizes with, like, you start seeing the... I think you start... Either A, she's you start seeing it happen to her, or she realized, like, oh... In a sense, Team Juniper is uh, John' way of leading. He's more empathetic. He mm-hmm. he cares about his teammates. He recognizes this, this, and this. And then she co- sort of compares and contrasts how she is a leader with him being leader. Which one's more effective? Yeah. Like, because honestly, John is always thinking about the what I love about John within the main series and within this one. You see that he genuinely cares about every single person that yeah. that whether it's like any of the people that he's fighting with, teammates, uh, mm-hmm. the ace ops, whatever. He's always caring about others more than himself, and he's yeah. realized like what his team members' strengths and weaknesses are, and everything like that. Ruby's way of leadership is a lot different than him she's not that not saying that she's not an effective leader but their their styles are a bit leader. huh she's an on the fly leader yeah she's, she goes their the styles fly. are different while while john is more of a tactician kind of leader yeah ruby pretty much makes it up as she goes along as you can tell when they fir- when they first fight the nevermore mm-hmm. uh it's like but yeah then you start seeing like oh like she starts when she realizes the difference between her and John, she starts doubting herself a lot, mm-hmm. and she eventually starts like you slowly see her starting to fall asleep, take being succumbed to the nightmare. Grim. And you can see the thorns kind of come up her arm yeah. a little bit, um, and then she like passes out. She goes to sleep. Yeah, and so there's a dream within a dream. Yep. And then I, when I she wakes up, she wakes up like, oh, she wakes up like in the 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 spider web of the yarn that yeah. uh, uh, Professor Xion made, and like, oh, she's awake, but no one's around. Mm-hmm. Like at first, and then everybody starts coming in. Like, oh, well, first you see like yeah. t- the rest of Team Ruby come in, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I saved wise. All right, good job. Then you see all of Team Jumper come in. Oh, cool! Yeah, They're congratulating her. And then you get uh, Ozpin, 
Glenda Goodwitch, you get uh, Professor Sion come in and they're yeah, all congratulated. And then what really did it, like at first, like when you first see it, it's like, yeah. oh, wow, that was rather too Wait, easy. Yeah, then too easy. what really snapped into is like when she sees uh, Tai, it's uh, Tai Yang and then Zwei, mm-hmm. and then you see all the robot, the robot, the, the, Oh, what are they called? Uh, the 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 what's the Atlas robots? Uh, the actual names. Uh, Legion Knights. Yeah, the, you yeah. see the Legion Knights and the the Knights that and the robots that were in the dream and uh, Weiss's dream. And then it's like, oh, this. And the next not, thing you know, this isn't right. This is bad. And the next thing you know, like. Everybody like there's a circle of the little yarn dolls. Yeah. Um. And then yeah. And then and you finally get the. That... You get the. But then, let's also go back to like oh, the whole uh the manner of uh the white fang manner. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's pretty. That's some messed up stuff. Like I think what was it? You actually saw uh Nicholas Big Nicholas. Like, well, like, was what, it Big Nicholas that yeah, you actually that, like, saw, or was nine, someone though? else? The humans. Oh, the oh, that oh, was hanging oh, upside just down before they hanging... could win the house. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was pretty. Well, messed you also up. gotta remember the White Fang Mansion in uh, that episode. I believe is actually the Schnee Manor. So, like, Weiss's home is where she puts all of the worst thoughts. Oh. oh. You know, that does actually make a lot of sense, especially when you get through, when you actually realize Weiss in the in general of the whole entire series. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. But I also want to bring up one other thing that we did completely gloss over. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go for it. The beginning of the episode, Nega Weiss decides to pull a full Pokemon and summon Giant Saint Nicholas. Oh yeah. Oh I don't know how we managed to miss that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is what, like six arms? <laughs> oh, that was cool. Yeah. Um yeah, actually the it's a scene of like the beach of that thing too. Well yeah. Uh because you saw like like the end and in the beginning because they kind of repeated it. Um you just see that big old arms go right. Honestly, I'm I'm going to have to take issue. I don't think that whole the arms crashing down was animated all that well compared to everything else. It could have been, else. Better. Could oh, have been animated the, a lot. It could have been fist? done a yeah. lot better. It it just that of everything from the animation from this really well done. But I think yeah, with the the arms crashing down, it could definitely have done done a little bit better i think i think so but still overall i mean both episodes i mean yeah actually watching them again i think for the second time yeah me um yeah i liked it all right they're good episodes quiz time guys thanks over these two so as of time recording i don't know if I mentioned previous in this episode, but at the time of recording, Danny Josh is fully one hundred percent caught up 
from volume one through eight, and and we've watched all of uh, all of Ruby Ice Kingdom. Okay, and to be fair, I'm sorry, Josh. Huh? I said, I'm sorry, Josh. Oh, that's okay. Uh, so at the time of this recording, it's October second, twenty twenty two. Now, mind you, recording this ahead of time because this was supposed to have been. Uh, this was going to be episode 16, but we're pushing it back for this will be episode 17 because episode 16 will be our coverage for the the uh, the, convention the convention that we're going to. Anyway. Um, anyways, but yeah. Holy shit. That's all I can say. Okay. Um, so this is going to be a posing question to – I already have – like this is a posing question that I probably did off mic, but I'm posing it now for a little discussion on. I think we pretty much narrowed down the four worst spoiler anime. Very heavy spoiler sorry, alert. The four most terrifying grim, both Ruby Ice Kingdom and Ruby Volume One. Through eight, which one? What? Which four do you think it is, Josh? And I'll pose the same question to you, Danny. I, I think the nightmare gram was a bit scary, um, at least at the time. Um, but when I got to finally finish, um, pretty much all of. Original Ruby. I gotta say with the Hound. That, oh, what do you think the other two are? Um Originally it was three, but Danny brought up another one that I didn't really con uh consider until now, until a little bit earlier, but Yeah, go ahead, Danny. So my uh <laughs> The Zygrim that I think is technically the scariest of all of them would be in Volume 4. It's the Knuckleave. Just because for it being a purely animalistic Grim, it shows intelligence. It saves trophies from villages that it destroys. It seems to be almost two different beasts that form together, or potentially man that turned into now with the Hound, we have very definitive evidence of mm -hmm. Silver Eyes being grim there. But the Knuckleave is almost more of an ancient version of that. And it's almost scarier because of that. It almost feels like that was a more natural occurring one than whatever Salem did with the Hound. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah it, I, I still see the Hound. Was and I think the fourth thing. one has got to be the apathy grim even though the apathy grim isn't technically the strongest grim they have and they've no, ever faced one or one apathy grim no big deal you can easily defeat it but mm -hmm. once you get multiple apathy grims terrifying the the fact what they, they make people lose their will uh to do things they it makes you anything yeah, to make them have any willpower and at all. And you saw it like when they were in the basement in volume six of like 
uh, like you saw the effects that it had on Team Ruby, and mm-hmm. I think part of Team Juniper was actually down in the same thing. It's like it wasn't until uh, the Grim Reaper uh, taught Ruby how to actually unlock using her uh, silver eyes. Was that eyes. that cabin? It was in that town. In that town? It was in the whole entire... The Apathy Grim were, yeah, that's right. were okay. in like that cellar right. of the water, the underwater or cellars of... Yeah. Uh, because Ruby was going after getting trying to get back the uh the um the um the relic oh yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. the the apathy grim was causing her to lose hope and and drop the relic down the thing and it wasn't until she dropped it oh, that's right down the well. did. That's yeah right. and then they had to of course go down there then then you get the apathy grim so yeah, the Apathy Grim, they may not be the strongest, but when it it's a horde of them, they are absolutely terrifying. And, and oh, here's what? a fun fact about the Apathy, too. Oh, God. Go ahead. A lot of people like to complain about the Volume 6 Grim and the Apathy in particular, saying they were poorly designed and they didn't stand up to old Grim designs that were in the anime. Like the so, I think the, the design was, was actually perfect. The first Grim design by a team uh, by Rooster Teeth. What was it, the first team design? In, it was the Apathy. It was the first Grim that they designed by Rooster Teeth. Uh huh. They came mm-hmm. out in an interview. I forget which one it was, but there was an interview that they did come out and they talked about it. Being the Apathy was one of like the first ones, if not the first ones that they came up with before. Or they came out with like the Beowulf and everything else. Really? They just didn't have the right time to use that Grim in particular until volume six. That does make sense why yeah. they put it off so long. Mm-hmm. And you know, it kind of fit the scenario anyways. I mean you look at the town and then when they went to go find a place to, you know, sleep in, in that old cabin there, uh they found someone shriveled up like a mummy yeah yeah because that's actually what that apathy because if you ever get a chance um either read or listen to i think it's also on youtube uh the tales of remnant there's an actual one that's called uh is it the apathy child or the grim child or something to that effect i think that's the apathy there too Wait, didn't they, wasn't that added in um, throughout that? Well, those were peppered in. Well, yeah, the, yeah, the actual stories are, are what drives through, like, through, through the, a lot of the series. But there's an actual, they release an actual book that, and I think there's one that's called like the, that I could be wrong and possibly am like called the Apathy Child. Uh, I think it's called like the Apathy Child or the grim child or something like that. And I think that would be pretty much the apathy on that one too, the apathy doing that one too, but it could be an, also a, a different grim off of that one. Oh, okay. Okay. But when you actually listen to that particular story, yes, yeah, it's, it's the stuff of nightmares and mm-hmm. I'm, that's not no joke intended on that one. 
But yeah, uh, I think, yeah, the four worst and most terrifying would be the Hound, the Nightmare, the Apathy, and the Knuckle Leaf. Knuckle Leaf or Knuckle? Yeah, Knuckle Leaf. Knuckle Leaf. Yeah, because I remember because that was the whole, that was the Grim that took out that one uh, town when they were in Volume Four. Oh yeah, uh, sure. that's the same Grim that that pretty much helped uh, Ren unlock his semblance. Yeah. Oh, and that was it. where Grim, where Nora and and Ren actually met. So it's like that, and then when they finally realized that the what Grim it was, um, later on in that, uh, yeah, it was amazing that they were able to take it out, though. But wait, now, um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they see the same Grim that they saw when they were kids? That's the that's the same yes. Grim we're talking about. Okay, that's the exact I, that's same I'm Grim. Remember. Okay, yeah, that that's sense. the exact same Grims, like because. The Knuckleleaf, the Hound, and and the Nightmare. Well, I think the Hound and the Knuckleleaf are unique. There, there's mm-hmm. only one of each. I mean, there's plenty. There, we already gotten proof. There's plenty of Nightmare Grim out there, and we definitely have proof of the Apathy Grim being mm-hmm. out there. But keep in the, mind, Ruby was onto an idea about where did all the silver eyes go. Yeah, are you sure yeah. the Hound is unique. This is very true, but is, has it been proven or in canon or anything like that what happened to Summer Rose? Yeah, all Ruby brought up is she saw a silver-eyed uh, person who was inside the Grim the Hound. What looked like with the silver-eyed was, person that was in the Grim of the Hound was a faunus. It looked like yes, it was a faunus. So are faunus able to have silver eyes too? Hidden. Yeah. What was that, Danny? The point Ruby was getting at was for a long time, according to Maria, effectively Salem was just having people kill the Silver Eyes. That stopped. Yeah. Why? All of a sudden, we have the Hound, a Silver Eyed Grim. Right. The only connection Ruby can see and we can connect the dots to is what would Salem have found out when Summer Rose went to Salem? Oh, oh yeah, because that was definitely mentioned in that, that was her breaking down during volume in mm-hmm. uh, volume 8. She broke down completely with Yang. It's like, that mm-hmm. thing had silver eyes. Like, that's like, that could have happened to mom and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, before we kind of close out, um, I really do hope they keep going with some more Ruby. Oh, Danny, did you see the, uh, did you see the little, um, the little clip from the volume, from episode one of volume nine of Ruby yet? Yes. Oh my gosh. I was, that is, huh? That was, what's your name? What's a ruby? Well, I'm what's ruby. A ruby? Oh. Yeah, that, when I saw that, it's like when I when I watched it, and he probably heard like couldn't figure out why I said it out loud. The the mouse spoke, which I have a theory. I think I know where they're where they're at. Mm-hmm. 
But again, I'm not spoiling much, yeah, but I yeah. have to say, if you want to have a full idea of why where they could possibly be, you guys have to either listen or read the fa- the fairy tales of Remnant. You gotta let you you gotta either read yeah. it or listen to it because there's I think there's a fairy tale that explains like like there's an island. Oh shoot! I just spoiled it. Oh well, well anyway, no. There's an island that's in that book that for the uh, during the uh, during that thing that actually shows that there are animals that talk that aren't faunas, and there's mm-hmm. an idea of there's might be like uh, um, uh, a theory that this island is where the faunas came from, but there's also other different stories. In, within this, uh, within the book of mm-hmm. like the origin of the faunus, but I think with the fact that like it was just a story, but with you getting that clip from the first episode of Volume Nine, that pretty much confirms that st- that story is not a story; it's fact. Mm-hmm. Now, where it is but in the world of remnant, I don't know. Stories that have been dropped as a uh, just stories that turned out to later be fact. Yeah. Like, like Pierre the, mentioned, uh, the, the maidens, girl in the, cat, the girl in the tower. Yeah, yeah. And then the maidens, but like one of the ones I really, really like because the maidens was there for forefront. Like they talked about the maidens, and then the maidens became a thing. Yeah, the mm-hmm. girl in the tower was a name drop story by Pierre when Osmond was asking her, "What yeah. fairy tales did you know?" Yeah, we didn't find out that that became spoiler alert. True. Until volume Invo- six. Until volume six. Yeah. When we found out it was directly related to Salem and her origin story. Yeah. And Osmond to an extent. Yeah. So like something as subtle as that is crazy. So it's like what what you could do is you could go and get the book, read the book, or you can find uh, somewhere to listen to it. Or you can do what I do and go to my local Walmart, find my buddy Adam, and I'm like, hey, so tell me about this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am infamous of spoiling things that I'm not supposed to spoil. Yeah, but that's all right, though. But as much as I love him death, I do hate your brother a little bit. Wait, what did he? I do? love to hate him. I love to hate. I love to hate Rusty too, because if it wasn't for Rusty, I wouldn't be into Ruby. And if it wasn't, uh, then I wouldn't be looking at these different like side cannon or these side. To be fair, I was pushing Ruby on you far before Rusty was. Really? Yep. Oh. I remember we started Cap Two together, and I was playing Ruby music when the uh, radio went down. <laughs> and you came up to me, and you're like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Oh, this is an anime I watch." And you're like, "You like anime?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I like, watch Ruby." It's so uh, that's our, our that's pretty much our or, friend origin story, I think. And at Walmart, it was so <laughs> romantic. Uh, we all met at Walmart. Yeah, which is strange. Yeah, we're not at the same Walmart, but yeah, well, Adam and I met at the same Walmart, and then you moved off to the one that you're at now in uh, Phoenix, right? Yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah, so. But um, you know, the the only thing that got me into Ruby, I think, was uh, 
I had Pandora now to listen to like the anime uh channel on there and the songs would come up. Why are you rolling the dice? Ah, it's on the floor. Anyways, uh so I started listening to That's a six. I started listening to really, really cool, you know, like the you know which I did not know at the time was from Reveal, a lot some of the music and then um I don't know, Adam kind of nudged me to watch Ruby as well, so... Well, Rusty did warn me the first season is extremely hard to get through, only because, well, we all know why the first season is all really hard to get through. I didn't really have a difficult time. It's either. the whole, like, the low-budget animation. Oh, it was very low-budget when they started. Yeah, that's why it was so hard to get a little bit harder to get through, but then you get season volume yeah. two, three, four, five, and they it just but, got better. But it, it, I actually didn't mind it. I thought there was kind of a neat, a, a neat way of a take for like anime, like the style wise. Right. Well, that's the great thing about anime. It's a medium, so there's different styles mm-hmm. and different looks. There's different artists. Like case in point. The one that I per- personally like, I haven't finished all of it because I can't find it anymore, is Monoke. I love, I just like the fact that the style of Monoke is much different from any other anime there is. Just the, the fact that sometimes. This is the series, not the movie, right? Yes, we're talking about the series, which is a spinoff from another anime, but. The fact that, like, oh, they'll use the whole technique of, like, the it seems like they use a technique of, like, old Japanese artist style, in which they'll, if they move on to the next thing, you'll have doors, like, the sliding, like, the the paper doors closing and moving on to the next scene. That's why it's so unique in its art style. Hmm. Well, um... I think that's about wraps it up for I this time we around. Way off, a uh, little way off base, but kind of still. With yeah, just a bit, just yeah. a bit. Yeah. All right. Well, I think with that, I I, I think we should give uh, Danny the honors. Go for it, Danny. From Arizona to your phone, this was Danny. And I'm Josh. And Adam. And I'm Adam. Uh, that, 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 <laughs> I am a- I'm Kevin. Matane. He is Kevin. I'm leaving that in. Matane. Matane. Ciao. This podcast was created by Joshua Keck and Adam Hart. Produced and edited by Joshua Keck. Music by Ari Epstein. Artwork by Kayla McClure. You can find us on Facebook at That Time We Started an Anime Podcast. On Patreon at patreon.com, That Time We Started an Anime Podcast. And on Buzzsprout at That Time We Started an Anime Podcast.buzzsprout.com.